The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm recording this on Monday, August 22nd. A little behind on the news as far as the schedule release, but we will talk that this episode on top of some other things that have been churning since the schedule release regarding the Hawks. So we're going to talk about those items first. Then we're going to cover the schedule release and my takeaway from projections early on about the Hawks and what I'm going to feed into, what am I not going to feed into. All these thoughts that you're having yourself as we look at our roster. We made the Murray acquisition this offseason, but is it enough to get us further up the Eastern Conference standings, especially when the schedule is going to be pretty tough? to start off the year. So we're going to talk all this. But first, no surprises here. John Collins, again, still on the trading block. He never left. But a report did come out earlier today from NBC Sports saying that the Hawks reportedly offered John Collins and DeAndre Hunter in a trade package for Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets. Now, that's not a bad offer. I mean, giving away two more forwards to get an elite forward is a good investment, especially when that player is Kevin Durant. Now, we have diminished our forward depth this offseason, and it's been replenished by role players and rookies or second-year players at this point. And that is a discussion for Neymar Millen and the staff to really look at and evaluate as far as Jalen Johnson and A.J. Griffin of can they play meaningful minutes at the forward position because we're probably going to need them this year regardless if we hold on to John Collins and DeAndre Hunter. Regardless, we're going to need depth at the wing forward position. So, yeah, getting Kevin Durant makes his team better. I mean, having a three-headed monster in Murray, Young, and KD, that's a pretty good three-headed monster in the Eastern Conference. But as a roster as a whole, we went from having so many assets to the assets dwindling down. And we still have some that could be moved or packaged at some point. You know, this offseason still it is still the offseason. Or going into the trade deadline or even next offseason. All in all, the roster is still not settled. Could Collins still be moved prior to opening night for the 2022-2023 NBA season? Certainly, it's a possibility. It could happen. I don't think his place is solidified on his team right now, but I do think there is a higher percentage that he will be on the roster to open the season, which we're going to talk a little bit more about Hawks schedule and opening this season a little bit later in the program. But don't be surprised when you continue to hear rumors about John Collins and trade rumors. 
We've been dealing with it for two years now, and he's still on his team. I think those rumors are going to still persist, and the Hawks are still shopping him. Now, as far as his value, it is murky because, I mean, you package John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, and I don't know the extent of what else was offered in that trade for Kevin Durant, but it wasn't enough for Brooklyn, which I get Brooklyn is does not have to trade Kevin Durant. They don't need to necessarily trade Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant can do whatever he wants. He's made enough money. He has two rings. That is his decision to make and not for me to speak on. But from a management standpoint, they're going to obviously stand with their GM and their head coach over a disgruntled star. And they have a right to stand with, you know, Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Kevin Durant has a right to feel a certain type of way. When you look at Steve uh, Sean Marks' track record as a GM, making quote-unquote blockbuster moves that weren't great basketball moves. But on the flip side, he did everything that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving wanted to do up in Brooklyn. So that is what it is. You can look at the Steve Nash hiring however you want. Not the best hire, had potential upside but the floor was low now injuries trades constant changes in the lineup have not helped steve nash constant change and turnover in his coaching staff have not helped but that is a toxic situation going on in brooklyn and the fact that they turned down our offer does not necessarily hurt me as someone who wants to see the hawks succeed professionally i want to see them succeed but that is what it is. Like I said, the roster is still not settled. And Hunter, who still has a lot to prove as far as is he worthy of getting the contract extension that he wants next season. That's still to be determined. He's going to have to prove that on the court. Uh, one player that is solidified on his team and some news came out. Some articles coming out about the best odds for most improved player. Onyeka Nkongu right now is currently tied for the sixth best odds to win most improved player of the year. He's tied with LaMelo Ball, and I don't have the article in front of me up to see who were the players in front of Onyeka, but certainly the odds makers and ESPN and others are high on the improvement that Okongu can make, and I am too. I would take those odds personally especially when he has finally a full offseason where he is healthy going into it to truly grow his game, continue to physically mature, watch film, do whatever it takes to improve as a ball player. So I'm really excited to see what Oyeko Okongwu, who is solidified along with Murray, Trey Young, Capella as of right now, as mainstays on his team. There's not a lot of mainstays as far as untradeable players on this Hawks roster, I can imagine. And as we see from the rumors that continue to circulate out about the Hawks, but we will see in due time. That's all we're going to have to say about that. The last news that dropped today was that the Hawks signed the summer league star for the Hawks, Tyson Etienne, who was signed by the Hawks, as I said today, to an Exhibit 10 contract, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And for those who do not know, and I had to educate myself, an Exhibit 10 contract is a one-year minimum salary NBA contract, which guarantees 
ranging from $5,000 to $50,000. And it gives the Hawks flexibility in terms of how they could sign him to the team. He will be given the opportunity to be at training camp and try to make the team. The Hawks could still waive him and assign him to their G League team, the College Park Skyhawks. And for those of you who did not watch Summer League, he's a 6'2 guard who played very well in Vegas. Average 10 points per game, 1.6 rebounds, was clutch. Probably the best three-point shooter outside of A.J. Griffin, who did not play in Summer League for the Hawks. So great story for the former Wichita Shocker, who is now going to be conditionally on the Hawks once training camp opens up. And it'll be good to add some depth there as guard is quickly becoming a position that we have quite a few players there. We still need to do something about the wings, but that is for another day. And that is above my pay grade. But we're going to talk the schedule release here shortly after this plug. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason. Only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get the jump on your prep. And we'll have incredible free agency, summer league, and as well as team coverage here at Sports Ethos, but only if you're part of our premium member team. So, Head to sportsethos.com right now. Hit the premium tab and grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, cook yourself one extra dinner a month because it's only $5.99 a month. So, see you there at the top of your standings once you get our new fantasy pass for this upcoming fantasy season. All right, and we are back. From that plug, talk the schedule release for the NBA season as a whole, but specifically talking about the Atlanta Hawks. Now, ESPN recently predicted how many games each team in the NBA was going to win this upcoming season. And this was before the schedule release. So they just said, in general, as the roster is currently constructed, how many games will each team project to win this upcoming season. And for the Hawks, this article projected the Hawks to win 45 games this upcoming season. And for reference, the Hawks finished last year strong to close out the season after a, a slow start due to injuries, which everyone knows about. And they ended the year at 43 and 39, which was good for ninth in the Eastern Conference. And obviously, they got into the playing tournament, fought their way through the playing tournament, beating Charlotte here at home, and then beating Cleveland on the road to get that eight seed before getting gentlemen swept out of the first round by their division rival, the Miami Heat. So they're protecting the Hawks to win two more games than last year. And could that be the Murray trade? Potentially, that's the main thing that. I will look at it. I mean, here's the thing. You trade for Murray. You lose Gallo. You lose Herder. And you add the Holiday Brothers, 
and Mo Harkless, who probably will not play quite a bit of games for the Hawks, to be honest, or minutes, as a matter of fact. Could prove me wrong, but I'm safe. I'm going to be safe and say that he's probably not going to play a lot for us. But to trade away two offensive-minded players and get another big-time guard in the backcourt with Trey Young and add some defensive-minded role players and are giving the Hawks two more games this year. Now, is this more so because they think the Hawks will be better defensively this year? Is it because of the Murray impact? We don't necessarily know the criteria that came about, but 45 games would be successful. I mean, to be two games better than last year with the turnover on his roster this offseason is a good thing. I'm excited, but we still have to see them play. And ESPN also put out an early, early power ranking prior to training camp, obviously, where they have your Atlanta Hawks ranked 15th going into the season, which, again, puts stock into the acquisition of DeJounte Murray, which everyone is still wondering. And even on the new show that we did, which if you guys have not checked out our new show that's on YouTube, so you did get to see me on camera to talk over some of the glaring topics that are going on in this league, hosted by my friend Lyle, who covers the Sports Ethos Pelicans show. He is the host of this show, Beating the Buzzer, that's going to be weekly. We're going to go over questions, topics. I was on there. So check out our Sports Ethos page on Twitter. Find the tweet that is promoting the show. Check us out. Give us some love. Give us all the subscribes, all of that, because I'm going to be reoccurring quite a bit on that show. And I definitely defended the uh, Murray Trey Young dynamic on this episode. So definitely check it out. But back to the matter at hand. This power rankings. Hawks 15th. They are the eighth best team in the East based on this power ranking. So there are seven Eastern Conference teams ahead of them in this power ranking. Which at this point I think with no games played is accurate. Looking at our roster, I think the Hawks are the eighth, ninth best team in the East. Nothing wrong with that. The teams that are ahead of the Hawks in ascending order are Chicago, Brooklyn, as currently constructed, Toronto, Philly, Miami, Milwaukee, Boston. Can't really argue with putting all those teams ahead of the Hawks at this point. I have no gripes with that. The Hawks will have to certainly prove it in their schedule. <laughs> Looks tough, especially to start off the season. In scheduling, depending on how you look at the schedule, I mean, there's limited information. We only know <laughs> who is available at this point in the offseason. We don't know what training camp looks like. We don't know what things the coaches are working on as far as sets offensively and defensively to improve this team, how this team will gel, continuity, what's the starting lineup going to be. We have ideas and what other moves will be made. There's a lot of uncertainty with the power ranking and the win total projection for the Atlanta Hawks. We won't know 
until the ref throws the ball up and tips off the new season. Speaking of season, regardless, this team will have to get ready for a really tough stretch that's going to really start in November for them. But they'll have preseason training camp before their opening tip-off here in Atlanta. And we're going to start off with the preseason schedule. We've already talked about it previous episode, but I want this as a refresher that they will start the preseason overseas in Abu Dhabi, October 6th and 8th. And another note, the Hawks will not have any home preseason games this year. There'll be no home preseason games this year. So they start off on the road overseas in Abu Dhabi playing Milwaukee twice on two nights. This is a good chance for Obviously, the team to experience a new culture, a market that the NBA is trying to tap into, a lot of money in that market. Uh, But a bonding experience, being away, you know, you have training camp, the rigors of that, and then you get to go overseas and be immersed in a new culture. The only people you know are the people on your team. So a good early, early preseason chance to get this team to bond on the road with one another. Show, obviously the game off in that market, and most importantly, work to continue to evaluate the roster as currently constructed or as constructed when training can rolls around against a good opponent for two straight games. So I'm excited for the Hawks to have that opportunity. I will certainly be watching to see, hey, this is our first glimpse of this team. Murray, Young, Hunter, Okongu back, Capella healthy. Bogey should be healthy. We'll see how many minutes he gets in the preseason, or if any. But it's going to be good to see them get back on the court. They will come back to the States and play the Cleveland Cavaliers up in Cleveland on October 12th. And they're going to end the preseason down the road from Atlanta in Birmingham versus the Pelicans. And for those you don't know, Birmingham is the site for the Pelicans G League team, which is why it makes sense for the Pelicans to host a home, quote-unquote, preseason game in a market that they have a team in. So really interesting there, but it's an opportunity for Hawks fans to make that drive down I-20 West to check out this team here in the States before they open the regular season up five days after this contest here in the State Farm Arena. And it's going to be a glorious return back to the State Farm Arena, and I'm certainly excited for it. The Hawks are going to open the first three games at State Farm Arena, and opening night for the Hawks will be Wednesday, October 19th, versus the Houston Rockets. And then the two other home games will be on the 21st, they'll take on the Orlando Magic. It's going to be fun to watch that. It seems like Murray and Bonchero have buried the hatchet after this weekend playing up in Seattle in the Pro-Am, but... Who knows, that bad blood could spill in to that second game of the season. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. And the divisional opponent, obviously Houston, Orlando, both young teams. They're going to bring it. They're going to be excited. Even though they are two teams in the bottom half of the NBA, we can't take anyone for granted. And it's going to be fun to watch them play it out on the court. And then they will close out their homestand to start off the year against another divisional rival, in the Charlotte Hornets, who they knocked out of the play-in tournament last year, and they will take them on on the 23rd of October before embarking a five-game East Coast road trip that's going to take them up to Detroit 
for two straight games on the 26th and the 28th of October. And then the 29th, so the Hawks' first back-to-back of the NBA season will occur on the 29th. As again, I said, they're going to have two games versus Detroit on the road. And then on the 29th, shoot over to Milwaukee to play a road game against the Bucks, who that would be the third time we see them already early in that season. We're going to see a lot more of the Bucks this year, unfortunately, for us. But measuring stick games. We play who we play. We got to go out there and bring it. That road trip will be followed by a trip to Toronto on Halloween night. And then they're going to close off that road trip against the New York Knicks to start off the month of November. Now, I'm not going to do a deep dive into the schedule or predict the record that I think we'll have. But I will go over some of the highlights and some of the things that I found interesting upon looking at the schedule for the 2022-2023 NBA season. And like I said, we won't know anything about this team until they take the court with these players or whatever the roster will look like at the start of the regular season. But one thing's for certain, the Hawks will have their work cut out for them, especially dealing with the Eastern Conference continually getting tougher and the pressure that's mounting on this team to perform. Everyone's going to be feeling it this year. The head coach, coaching staff, DeAndre Hunter in a contract year, Trey Young to make things work with DeJounte Murray, John Collins, will he be here? Will he not be here? Capella, no one should feel complacent on this team going into this season. After the Eastern Conference Finals run, we saw that complacency settle in with this team. And on top of injuries, did not lend for them to get off to a great start last year. That's We're going to call it what it is. So no one has anything to feel complacent about going into this season. So I want to see them be focused and determined as soon as training camp starts. I want to hear every sound bite. I want to see every clip from training camp that we can see, hear every interview. I want to see their approach as a team. And I want to see them develop an identity going into through training camp in the preseason and into the start of the regular season. As I said, there needs to be a sense of urgency throughout this entire season, not just the last 44 games. From tip-off game one needs to be a sense of urgency to get it done this year. It, it being back to the playoffs, potentially win a playoff series, depending on where they line up. Now, if they keep the same roster and they fall short to a really good team, the Boston's, Milwaukee's, if they push them, I get it. But again, we're going to have to put the work in from day one to get to where I think we need to go as a franchise. And as I alluded to, the beginning of the Hawks schedule is not very friendly. But here are some of the highlights from the schedule as a whole that I want to talk through. Now, the Hawks will have 18 national televised games this year, which includes ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Out of those 18 national televised games, 10 of them will be on NBA TV, 5 of them will be on ESPN, and 3 on TNT. And the Hawks certainly have had success on TNT, which wish we got more TNT games than ESPN games, but it is what it is. People want to see Murray, Young, the Hawks. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for them to just take the court. I'm excited about the potential there. And certainly, 
national televised audiences are too, which is why 18 games in a disappointing year, year prior, is pretty telling. So I'm excited to see there. Now, again, the Hawks do not usually play well on national televised games. Last year was pretty bad on ESPN and ABC. They won one, maybe two games on there. Not including the playoffs. So, not good there. They were better on TNT, NBA TV. They had a little bit better success there. But Hawks, they don't have that bullseye on their target anymore. They have kind of relegated to the underdog. But they have to go up there with something to prove. And they certainly have something to prove. Now, a big proven month will be November. November is going to be a very tough month because of the quality of opponents that the Hawks will be facing in that month. And it will be a great early season test, measuring stick month for where this Hawks team is at. And they're going to be kind of going through trial by fire as far as building continuity and having to work through some tough opponents to see who's going to take the reins, who's going to be doing the ball handling down the stretch. Is it Murray? Is it Young? What's the set's going to be like? What's the offense going to look like? How are we going to be defensively? There's going to be a lot of questions that may not fully get answered in the month of November because it's early in the season, but they're going to be forced to answer those questions against some really, really good opponents. They're going to have that five-game road trip through the beginning of November all on the East Coast, and then they get to the month of November where, as I said, it's going to be tough, but the good news about the month of November, even though the opponents will be tough, there's going to be a fair amount of games here at home in the State Farm Arena. So if you're in the area in the month of November, please, please get a ticket however you can and get to State Farm Arena because we need that place rocking to create a tough home court advantage atmosphere that's going to lift this team, especially through the early part of the season. That lift from the crowd will be helpful for this team as we're trying to figure it out. That extra energy while they're trying to figure this all out, maybe the little jolt of energy that could get them to the hump if they're playing tough games against the top of the Eastern Conference at home and that crowd gives them that energy, that lift to push through and sneak out a win against one of these top-tier teams. And this is a month where the Hawks are going to welcome the Pelicans, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76ers, Boston Celtics, Toronto Raptors, and the Miami Heat to the State Farm Arena. Those were all playoff teams last year. They're going to welcome all these playoff teams to State Farm Arena. And then on the flip side, on the road, they're going to see Philadelphia twice in November. Milwaukee on the road again. And that'll be the second time they've seen Milwaukee on the road in the regular season to this point. Cleveland who is not a slouch anymore. All are going to be on the road. So they're going to see five teams that were preseason ranked in that ESPN power ranking I told you about in the month of November. And they're going to play them, those five teams that are ranked above them in the Eastern Conference, a total of eight times. That's eight games out of 15 games in the month of November. It's going to be tough. Going to be tough. I didn't include some of the road games. I didn't include the Pelicans game, which Pelicans are a much better team. That's not going to be a slouch. You're going to have Zion back. 
That arena is going to be rocking. That might be a game that I might pull up to myself. But we need that State Farm Arena rocking as November is going to be a huge litmus test for the Atlanta Hawks. Another big date in the month of November, Kevin Herter will return to Atlanta with the Sacramento Kings, this new team that we were obviously trade partners with this offseason on November 23rd. So I imagine that will be a fun game to watch to see Herter try to score as many points as he can on this former franchise. It's going to be fun. And the Kings having Mike Brown at the helm, drafting Keegan Murray. You still have De'Aaron Fox and others. It's going to be an interesting team in Sacramento, and I think Herter will have a successful tenure there as long as he's in Sacramento as a bench scorer or could sneak into the starting lineup. Who knows? I don't know how that's going to shape up, but I know Herter's going to have plenty of opportunity to score out west with Mike Brown in the Kings. So it'll be fun to see him back here in State Farm Arena. The month of December is a little easier compared to November, and I think this could be the most important month of the early part of the season to really get, hit their stride, barring injury, because by the time December comes around, the Hawks would have played 22 games. 22 games to be together, gel, find out things that work, don't work, lineups and whatnot, get their legs underneath them conditioning-wise, continue to build continuity and chemistry that is going to be developed through battling some very tough teams in November. So a very favorable schedule in December. That could be the month that I'm going to look at and say, this is the most important month as far as they have to have a winning record. They have to have a winning record in December. They're going to have still more home games than road games, eight to eight to six, I want to say, in December. So you're going to play more games at home in December. Lesser quality opponents, still NBA teams. They're going to have to bring it, but certainly going to be a month for a lot of Hawks fans to watch this Hawks team. Do they have it? Do we need to make a move as trade deadline approaches? December is going to be really telling. And in the end of December, the Hawks will welcome the Los Angeles Lakers on the 30th to Atlanta, which I imagine will be a sellout crowd. It always is when the Lakers come into town. It's going to be a fun one. The Hawks have two different stints of West Coast road trips. They're going to be in the dog days of the NBA season, January and February. They're going to have a four-game stretch to begin the month of January, which includes all the teams in California, Golden State, Sacramento, Lakers, Clippers in that order. And then at the end of January, that bleeds into February, they're going to have a five-game West Coast road trip that's going to start off with Portland rebuilding, but they're going to get Dane back, so not a slouch there. Phoenix, you already know what it is. Not going to be a slouch. Utah, taking a step back this year. Should be a winnable game, but they're probably going to play hard. Can't count them out. Denver, and then New Orleans. So anytime they go out west, it could be good or bad. Good as far as building a bond and really being away from home, only being around the team and the staff to build those relationships and develop chemistry and continuity. But bad if you drop a few of these games, you could really sink the confidence of the team going into all-star break. So those two West Coast road trips are going to be very important in January and February there that we're going to be watching here at Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks. MLK Day game will be here in Atlanta as always versus the Miami Heat at 3.30 on TNT. Another highlights, the Warriors come to Atlanta March 17th. The home finale for the Hawks will be on April 7th against Philadelphia. 
And then the season finale will be two days later up in Boston versus the Celtics. Other big notes from the schedule that we took away. The Hawks will play the Celtics, Raptors, Cavs, and Pacers three times, which could be the reason why they're giving the Hawks two more wins potentially. But I can't really say that because those were projections were out before the schedule release. So it is what it is there. The Hawks will have 13 back-to-backs this upcoming season, less than last year, and seven of those back-to-backs will be prior to All-Star break, in which, for reference, All-Star break will be for the Hawks from February 16th to when they return to action on the 24th of February. And in the midst of All-Star break, the game before All-Star break, they're going to have their break, and then four games after that, will be a homestand for the Atlanta Hawks. So all-star break and a homestand could be really beneficial, especially in the latter half of the season, to put some wins together, get some quality opponents, and finish the year out strong. So until we play games, until we see what this team looks like, I'm not really going to get into projections. I don't even know if the roster is set right now. But the fact that we have a schedule gives us something to look forward to. I mean, heck, NFL season is getting underway. College football is going to be back this weekend, which is going to be great. As we know, Georgia is a huge football state. Obviously, home of the national champion, uh, defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. So, football is here. High school football has already started in in Georgia. And there's a lot of talent here in the state. So, it's going to be fun fall. But it's great to finally be able to peek over the horizon You see that NBA basketball will be returning to the State Farm Arena sooner rather than later. And we know who we have to play. It's a matter of who will play, how will we play, how will we jail, and just getting back on the court. I'm excited. And we're going to talk a little bit more about previewing the season and other news that comes out. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about one of the hottest new podcasts covering the Atlanta Hawks, you know the drill. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, basketball fans in general, Georgia sports fans. It does not matter. If they want to learn about the Hawks, put them on my show. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. And follow myself at Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. We'll catch you guys next time. And as always, be safe out here. And I cannot wait for more Hawks content to come out so I can feed you the people.